Box Press Radio. I'm Dan. And I'm Zach. We're back in the same room again. Yes, we are. Uh, we want to wrap up our MMO series with episode three. Talk about upcoming MMOs, the future of massively multiplayer online games. Um, Maybe any up- upcoming expansions. Yeah. Updates. Yeah. Stuff, that, stuff that'll make old games new again, like EverQuest has managed to do for so many years. Which, speaking of which, I'm I'm still hoping we're eventually going to see another EverQuest at some point in the near future. But yeah, I mean it's possible. I I think it's likely even. I mean I know I know I heard they were working on something after EverQuest next, which yeah. I think was kind of a big blunder that a lot of people just glossed over. But I mean there were a lot of people that were really upset when EverQuest next just kind of died. Well, especially since it seemed to take a lot of money for their weird founders thing. Yeah, and then just flops entirely with nothing to show. But that—that that is the risk of that whole sort of like crowdfunding thing—is like you're putting your money in, saying, "Here, I, I'm saying that I'd like you to try to do this, but I expect nothing in return, essentially." Yeah, and I mean, you have to wait a while for those. I mean, Star Citizen's been in development for how long, and I only just got into it. But at least you have a playable game. I do. I have some well, of the short of it. It's playable-ish. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We were just watching some gameplay for New World and Ember. Um, they both are very, very early on in development. Um, Ember, I think, is probably the earliest in development. Yeah, let's start with that because uh, you know a lot of a lot of our podcasting started with Firefall, which this is the successor to. Um, and it seems like they're it, it seems like they're really just remaking Firefall. Which I'm okay with. Which is which is fine. I gotta say, what I've been shown so far, because it's very little, it doesn't look very promising yet. I mean, it was literally but next to nothing. It is. It was like, hey, we got movement in the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm sold on the art style, and I kind of wish... I feel like they're just remaking Firefall, and I, I'm really hoping that they expand on what they were working on. Um, but we'll see what, what comes I, of it. I mean, Firefall was a great game, and I would love to see something like it come back. So I'm I'm looking forward to one of the things they did actually kind of mention and allude to was that you would be fighting, like, huge Godzilla-esque kaiju with enormous mech suits. Yeah. That could be cool. It could be. It might be fucking terrible. I'd like to see So I mean, the models they have right now look all right. They kind of remind me just of, like, the uh, Covenant from Halo. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what, what more interesting designs. They got really kind of basic enemy models going right yeah, now. Yeah, and I mean, they're starting small for sure. Like, their Kickstarter wasn't massive or anything. Like, they're definitely on a budget. Um, and I think as interest grows, I think that's why they're trying to put playable demos of, like, pre-alpha stuff out there. Like, if you go back the game today you get to play every build of the game they release. Which, that's not normal, really. Especially if it beca- if it does become a popular MMO, it'd be real cool to be like, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember when that game was nothing. Right. And I mean, that's kind of how I got in on Firefall, too. was like, I started playing in the alpha and just kind of really stuck with that game because it just felt good to play. So if Ember feels good to play and is kind of similar and maybe improved, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm the bar is kind of there for me, and they seem able to do it. Yeah, so I'm my I, I guess a big fear just with the with the way it's going right now 
Because I'm kind of wondering if it's one of those games that's going to be outdated by the time that it finally comes out. So oh, I'm really for sure. hoping that they have the resources and ability to keep up with the times as they build the game out. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it would be good to see them do some big updates. And they kind of mentioned, like, hey, this was a big step for us and, like, future updates will be coming a lot more quickly. Because, yeah, like, building the building blocks of your game is kind of a big project. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we've got movement, we've got multiplayer, we've got weapons. Then it's a matter of building out those things and adding more to them. Which, and, and to their credit, we did see some of the animations they were working on already. And the animations seemed pretty solid, so... Yeah, they weren't, like, they weren't something we were like, oh my god, I can't believe it, that's revolutionary... But everything about them looked like they knew what they were doing, and they looked fine. It was promising. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they can only get better, honestly. So the other game that we were watching videos about, um, which I started reading about earlier, was New World. The uh, was the new Amazon game. Yeah. And all I can really for the last Amazon game we tried. I, I mean, it seems like an Amazon game. Like it seems like an overcorporatized, very workshopped generic kind of thing. It's got some interesting points to it. I it, it looks like it's worth checking out, but I I'm not sold on the world. I'm not really sold on the graphics. They kind of just look like they're so clean they look like free assets. It it really looked like that kind of it looked like the MMO world that you would see in a TV show or like a tech demo for a yeah. new console or it, it something. It didn't look finished. It it didn't look like it had any character to it. It was a lot of flat surfaces and very generic and reused textures. The AI didn't look particularly um no. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't look very on point. I mean, they were kind of just and standing right at people that were supposed to be guarding a fortress. And, like, they wouldn't even notice they were there until they got shot, like... Well, and you're going to spend a lot of time fighting, like, one to two or three enemies in, like, small groups or one-on-one. And that's, you know, that's really where you're going to see the animations matter. You're going to have to have some AI that's interesting, or it's just going to become really stale to have to spend ten seconds fighting an enemy waiting for animations. Um... Even if you're really good at the game, if you have to spend 10 seconds just waiting for the ability to use something, yeah, it's going to get stale quick because it's like, okay, go kill 10 skeletons that take a minute to kill each. Yeah. And you do the same thing every time. That sucks. Well, and I got to say the developers didn't really inspire a whole lot of confidence no. in me at all. Uh, they seemed very excited about literally the same things that every other MMO has. I don't really know where this pushes the boundaries on much of anything. It, it felt the like they were trying to weird, claim but... it felt like they were trying to claim that they're revolutionizing crafting and combat and skill trees and everything about them looked identical to every other MMO that's ever been yeah, out. Yeah, they there. haven't done anything new the games haven't been doing for 15 20 years at this yeah. point. So um, yeah, and it didn't look particular. And maybe looked, we just didn't see the nuance. Well, th- no, here's the other thing, too. There, It's even the stuff that they seem really excited about is stuff that will literally make me not play the game. Like, they seem very intent on making it very PvP-heavy. And I'll be honest, I don't want to play that. 
Yeah, um, there's a reason that PvE servers are kind of the default in games like World of Warcraft. Yeah. Because, honestly, people are assholes, and most people play video games to get away from people for a while. Well, and, and one of the big things about MMOs is, you know, meeting other people and going on quests with them, and that's all kind of fun. PvP, you know, if you want to have it as an optional endgame thing like most MMOs do, that seems great. But it seems like a large focus for them is, like, the guilds and the PvP. And we've seen games like that before that were actually good, like Warhammer. Yeah, Warhammer Online really went hard on that, where they'd have their PvP zones and the clan battles and faction wars. And they did a good job of it. But those things don't really... they're. They don't last. They don't last. And I don't know that this one will either, to be honest. And let's be honest, like, I'm speaking for me here. Maybe people have a different opinion. I'm sure they do. I don't particularly like PvP combat in MMOs. Yeah. I think if you make an MMO that's interesting, you probably have too much complexity to balance PvP. Yeah. So the people that do it are really good at it. And it's not fun for anybody that wants to casually jump in and not focus only on that. Um, and honestly, if if I'm going to play a PvP game, there's other genres I'd rather do that in. I'd rather Absolutely. play a shooter PvP. I'd rather play a MOBA PvP. I'd rather play... Um, Team Fight Tactics. Yeah, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather play TFT or a shooter. Um, like, even uh, Destiny is like borderline for me like it's it's a shooter but it's so ability heavy and like item special ability heavy that it's really impossible for them to balance and there's always a one weapon meta yeah so it's it's really just kind of one of those things of like well we'll see what happens but I think we both kind of agreed it doesn't look that promising no not particularly like I thought the the general idea is good, but that's just MMOs. It's polished enough that it looks like it's worth trying. Yeah, and it could be good. Maybe. Yeah. We might be wrong. Like, maybe we're seeing old builds of the game, um, and maybe the launch version will be super polished and have a lot of really nice effects and look good, and maybe there'll be more content than we expect. They're, they better have some amazing sound engineers, I'll tell you right now. Because there's none in any of those trailers. No, and I'll tell you what, that game looks like it's going to fall flat on bland if, if they don't have some good sound engineering in there. It sounded like they went to like Adobe Stock and downloaded some stock gunfire and arrow sound effects. And that was it. Like There's no yeah. real music, there's no background, no atmosphere. No. There was some banter. But it was the same sound, like the same one line from every enemy, and it was mostly just a grunt or a moan. Yeah. Um, none of the sound effects sounded particularly impactful, and the combat didn't look particularly impactful to me either. It seemed fairly... It was timing-based, but it, it didn't seem like it mattered that much what you did. Um, yeah. Well, and also, it's, it looked like, from some of the stuff we were watching, that... It's going to be a real slow game, which I don't know if I want action and slow pace at the same time. Yeah, it definitely felt Dark Soulsy to me. If it was very, it looked looked and felt like a lot like Remnant. Like it reminded me a lot of that game, but like it looked like it was going to take time to loot things. 
Now, look, you want to take some time for crafting, mining something out, that makes sense. But I don't know that I want to sit there for five to ten seconds I, every time I want to I think you chest. were confused. Like, I think, like, if you pick up, like, a chest or you mine or do, like, some sort of material gathering, it took, like, five seconds. Right. But when they were killing enemies, they definitely just automatically popped no, up. No, no, no. But there was there was a couple where they went at treasure chests, and that took a treasure while. Treasure chests, yeah, but I don't think those were from enemies. No, that was or, just treasure or chests. Or it was a bigger enemy that dropped, like, special treasure. Yeah, no, I think it was an actual treasure chest. I just yeah. don't want to, every time I see loot on the ground, not from enemy drops, Well, I mean, World of Warcraft like, has that, too. you mm-hmm. got to walk up, and, like, there's a little bar that fills Yeah, but it's just kind of like, whoop, this one kind of just, it was it like... It took, like, five seconds. That's about normal. I think if you're going to do an action game, breaking yeah. the action for that long just is kind of like, why? Yeah. Like, collect the thing and move on to the next enemy. It's going to take you well, all the time anyway. Well, that's another big thing, is how much running around is going to be in that game. Like, is the world going to be massive? Are we going to be spending ten minutes running, like, World of Warcraft? Where and am I just... going to be dealing with a bunch of mobs? Because if those mobs take forever, and it's going to take me 30 minutes just to get to the next quest, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to stick with that one. The combat didn't look particularly engaging. It seemed very push-a-button wait for a cooldown, push a button, even though they tried to make it look active, like, you know, Dark Souls or Remnant. But really, if you use any abilities, it was basically push a button, um, whether it be on a keyboard or a controller. Um, And the fact that it looked like it was built for controller, where you were, like, swapping between skill sets, even on a keyboard and mouse, I really don't like that. Well, the the menu interface that they showed, too, looked dizzying and complex it looked very clunky and like hey do you want to scroll through 30 different levels of menus to find the thing you're looking for yeah um needless to say we don't have high expectations um but i would love to be surprised i hope it's great we're open-minded we'll try it yeah it looks cool i like the universe the atmosphere is really neat i love that like musket type guns are in the game and, like, flintlock pistols, that seems really cool. Like, that's what I'm going to try out for sure first. Um, I think when you go magic or melee. I mean, I like... Yeah. I love magic, and a little bit of magic I saw in the game didn't look that exciting either. And I'm really hoping that mage is more exciting than what, what was shown. Yeah, because... so they, they started off in the trailer we saw with, like, a flamethrower attack. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm never a fan of flamethrower attacks <laughs> when it's like hey, stand here for five seconds and watch your enemy slowly die. And then you see a guy with a sword, two-shot an enemy. Yeah. I feel like magic should be quick. Well, quick or slow. Like, if you're going to throw a fireball... <laughs> or channel. And you have to stand back for a second to channel it, that makes sense to but me. But it should be a big hit. Right. It shouldn't be a very, very, very slow, like, let me stand here. That should do the most damage. Unless or you're doing a huge AoE, maybe. Yeah. But that was not. That was a single enemy attack. Um, and he stood there just flamethrowering this thing for like 10 seconds while another guy fought it too. Yeah. Um, there's. It looks like there's a lot of like, you're going to struggle to kill one enemy and you're going to need a potion after every single encounter in that game. Which is, you know, that Dark Souls Remnant kind of gameplay yeah. cycle, which... I'm just not a fan I'm not of a like... Fan. I, I don't want to have to refill my health after every single fight with a consumable so if you're somebody that really likes the uh 
the Dark Souls Remnant gameplay cycle, and you don't really care about immersion because I'll be honest, um, the game looked real generic. It was just about generic. It looked barely fantasy for a lot of it. It just looked all around like a generic action game. But if if just that gameplay style works for you and you just want a modernized, polished version of that, I mean, you might really like it. It looked that from that perspective, it looks like you have promise. It it reminded me of like the towns that you would run through in like the medieval DLC for a GTA game or something like that, where it was just like you run past all these houses that look basically the same. There's a bunch of reused trees and that sort of thing. The level design seemed to be very elementary. It was like yeah. they all just learned how to do level design. It looks good. I mean, none of it looks bad. None of it looks annoying. It looks like getting from point A to point B is not going to be difficult. But it also doesn't look unique. There or... was nothing that stood out at yeah, all. Yeah, not really. The only thing I saw that looked like particularly good was some of the lighting in places like the taverns and inns. Yeah. Like, it looked like they had some good lighting effects with fires and that sort of thing. Good reflections on steel or metal objects. Honestly, I think within a... Between RTX Ray Tracing and the fact that there's going to be a new Unreal Engine, I think within a year or two that game's going to look heavily outdated. Yeah. And that's the problem with MMOs, is the most cutting edge never is up to date. Yeah. Like, it's just well, it's it, the nature of the beast. I think this is a bad time to be releasing a new MMO, just because, like, we are on that cusp of hitting a new level of graphics, and you're, it, it's probably not going to age very well. You know, it's not like, if you're an MMO that releases on UE5 shortly after it comes out, it's probably going to last for a while. It's not going to get dated very quickly, right. you know? Well, and I think that's to blame... For a lot of these delays. Yeah. I think a lot of the studios saw, like, they probably got an email from, like, Unreal saying, like, hey, we've got a new engine, would you like to check it out? And they're like, god damn it, we have to push this back. Well, the thing is, I don't think, I, I what I assume New World is going to run on is the same thing that Star Citizen runs on. Yeah. Which is the Amazon Lumberyard engine. Yep. Which, um, the only game I've really played a lot of the Lumberyard engine is Star Citizen. Which, while Star Citizen is well put together and pretty, that build does not seem Yeah, it's about good. as stable as a house of cards. Yeah. A better on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it definitely seems like it could be promising. And maybe it's one of those games with a real slow burn. And it's mediocre at launch, if they're lucky. And maybe within two years it turns into the next big thing. I think we're looking. I don't think so. I think we're but. looking at a very niche crowd, and we'll see if that crowd is big enough to keep the game. I, I think it makes a big difference if they really double down on the PvP. It depends on the crowd reception. If people get really into it and they get a big group of players, it'll do well because there's nothing about it that looks horrific. So far. No, but I think you're going to get the, uh, like, the For Honor chivalry crowd. Yeah. Where, yeah, they'll play it for, like, three to six months, and then it's just going to dip. So. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think there's definitely going to be an appeal. I think a lot of people will try it out. Whether or not they stick with it. I, I think. Yeah. If you're, if you're frugal with your money, I think this is one of those games you wait six months to buy. 
Yeah, see what happens. Because um, it might be completely dead in six months, and maybe in like a month you hear that it's the best MMO out there. But I think it's definitely going to get hype. I don't know that Amazon's going to put out a game and not have hype. Yeah, um, I mean... But we'll see. I, I think that's true to a point. I think they've kind of burned themselves with their track record. Their first two games were horrible. What were their first two games? Uh, well, Crucible was the second one. Oh, yeah. Crucible, and, well, look, Crucible is a good game no, if you like that kind of game. I don't and think it's even a good one of those. I don't know. I, I kind of like those kind of games, and, and it was fun enough. It wasn't great by any standards. It's not a memorable game. No. No. But, like, it's alright. It's good. It's fun. Um... Oh, maybe that's their only games, is Crucible and New World, because I don't think I count Pac-Man Live Studio. No, not really. Um, you can't, it's not even their game. <laughs> yeah. Pac-Man's been around a while. Yeah, um, I I think they're... Uh, I mean, I know they had another game a long time ago, Yeah, but it wasn't like this tier of game. With, with Crucible, if a lot of the PvP in New World is kind of coming from Crucible, some of that's going to bother me a bit. I just hope it doesn't. I, I think you're going to see... I don't think it'll come from that. I think it's going to be a lot of just... Well, we have this fort, and we equipped these fortifications. you got to, you know, break our defenses and then break down the door. And then yeah, we fight. But you could easily see that being like... Uh, kill all the people and hold this door for 50 seconds in order to break it. You oh, know. that's 100% what it's going to be. Which is, it's just Crucible. That's yeah, all, it's much. Crucible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have any faith in that game or the studio making it. Yeah, I don't either. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to just judge people by the way they look or anything, but just from some of the developers we were watching, they didn't really give me the gamer vibe. I'm not you even know? sure that they were all people working on the game. That's true. Like, they came off as actors to me. Like, they all seem very disingenuous and as if they were reading a script. Well, just like the game, and everything just seems very workshopped. Yeah. You know, it does, none of it feels generic. Like, if you know, I'm used to very high-quality games from Bethesda. Buggy, but high-quality. Yeah. And whenever I see people from Bethesda talking about something, you immediately feel like, okay, these are people that play games. These are fucking nerds. And I wasn't getting that vibe. No. Not at all. I I got a lot more of the marketing team vibe. Yes. Um, and as, as two people that have worked in marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for ten years I've worked in marketing. And those all seem like people that I would sit in a meeting with and be like, okay, can we leave now? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like we're judging it pretty harshly. But based on the gameplay we've seen, I, I think we've been fair. I think that's it a has good, potential. That's a good thing for them, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know this is maybe not the best press for a game that they're they're getting ready to try and release. But I think if we set the bar low enough, then right. we give them a good ability to wow us. Well, you know, we're not out... putting big ex expectations out there. We're giving them the opportunity to to really make us love the game. So we'll see if they can. Yeah, and I mean, we're pointing out our concerns ahead of time. So yeah. that if we get to launch and those concerns are still an issue, we know they're not listening to the player base. That's true. Like, we're for sure going to try it out. 
whether or not we have any interest in continuing to play is totally up to them. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see because there ain't a whole lot coming out this year. Um, yeah, there's not really anything to contend with. So the only other games are really Fantasy Star Online 2, which is technically out, and then Star Citizen, which is whatever it's doing. That'll be out. So with Star Citizen... Uh, we are about to get update 3.10. Now, I have not looked at the release video for that, but I did look at some of the roadmap in which they're expanding gunplay. Yeah. I think in the last update or the update before that, they added guns, and they started adding some arena and PvP, and not in an annoying way. So I'm very happy about it. And then with 3.10, we're supposed to be getting different weapon types and more of a skill system around that, as long as some... Hopefully, some very good stability patches, because Jesus Christ, I would really like to be able to play that game without it crashing every 30 minutes. Yeah, and that's why I haven't bought the game yet. Like, I I bought a HOTAS and voice control system for, like, Elite Dangerous and No Man's Sky and Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. But I'm holding off on Star Citizen because I have enough other games to play. I don't want to deal with a buggy mess. Yeah, and unfortunately, as good as that game is, even in the state that it's in right now, it's just real hard to recommend that it's, you know, if it was free, it'd be one thing, but it's hard to recommend that somebody spend money on a game that might not even work on their computer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I hope that game turns into the premier space game that everyone plays. It has every bit of potential to do so. And, and within the next 10 years. And much like, you know, unlike the developers from Amazon, um, every single person I've seen working on Star Citizen looks like the biggest goddamn NASA nerd I've ever met in my life. Yeah. So, I feel like we have a dedicated team that really wants to put together the best kind of space game that we've ever seen. Uh, and I just really hope that they can deliver because they've set the bar real high for themselves. I think that's half of their problem is like all the money they've raised and how high the bar is set. Yeah, but they still seem very intent on delivering every yeah. bit of it. So I just hope they keep it up. They they do seem like people that want to play the game they're building. Yeah. Which is more than I can say about the people for New World. Well, I feel with like a lot of games, you know... You're not building for that. Like, you're building a game, and then there's going to be a small team that keeps up with it, and then you go work on another project. As to where these guys are just like, no, this is what we do. Yeah. And we're going to make it fantastic. And along with Star Citizen, something that may be launching even before Star Citizen is done, uh, I wish I can remember what it's called, but they have a second game coming out, which is a single-player version of the game, complete with story, it's oh, going to update yeah. the background and the universe, and that actually looks really good. I can't wait to check that out. Uh, we're going we're gonna to sit here and find the name for you real quick, because that would be helpful. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's the second one. Yeah, no, no, right there. That's it. Squadron 42. Squadron 42, yeah. Yeah, and they look like they're going all out on this, and it's looking amazing. I've seen some video of it already. Um, and I think if they can get this to work, 
and then port a lot of that stuff into Star Citizen, then it'll really make that game a whole lot better. So, and they're also putting in two separate things for people to do. So there's going to be an arcade-style dogfighting and racing game called Arena Commander, and then also an FPS battleground with zero-G um, and a bunch of weapons called Star Marine. Which I think is already kind of in an alpha version in Star Citizen with their new uh, arena mode. Yeah. So, um, and I haven't tried it, but I've done a little bit of gun combat in that game already, and it's solid. So Yeah, I, I think they have every ability to make a good game, and I think what they've made already is actually pretty good. I think they just have to go a lot further and actually finish building the things they've started. I think I would have a lot more confidence in Star Citizen if they could make some very serious uh, progress by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it looks like they're trying, so we'll see what happens... Um, the only issue with that game is the, the payment model. They want you to buy Star Citizen. They want you to buy a ship in Star Citizen to get started. They want you to buy Squadron 42. Well, you, don't, you, don't, you don't buy Star Citizen. Well, you have to buy a ship to start, though. You buy a ship and then you get, get just get the yeah. game. Which I think for like 5 or 10 bucks, you can upgrade the package to include Squadron 42 and all those other games. I don't think it's five or ten bucks. I, yeah, I don't think it's, it's forty-five that... bucks because I looked into it. I was. Gonna, it might be sixty bucks so for both. It might be twenty bucks because I I only paid yeah, like twenty-five right. for mine, and then I think it was forty-five. Yeah, for like it, the bundle. it might be sixty or something like that. Um, Which all things considered, I mean, if you end up spending sixty dollars to get a starter ship plus four games, that's not a bad deal. Yeah, it's just that you're you're buying a bunch of maybe <laughs> is kind of the problem. So you pick a starter pack, which are $45. Gotcha. Um, so go to the starter pack site, because that's where the bundle will be. Isn't this it? No, 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 yeah. Go down and, and select one of the ships, and yeah, select that pack. Yeah, so it's on sale. Okay. So it's $20 additional for Squadron 42 to back it. You don't actually get it. It's in development. Right. You just get it when it comes out. Um but yeah, so it's $65 currently if you want access to everything that they will have for Squadron 42 and one of the starter ship packs. Which, the starter ships aren't great, but you won't feel bad about them. Like, they'll definitely get you through the beginning of the game. You can walk around them. Everything's pretty. Um, they're fine. They're good starter ships. Uh, luckily, and I don't know... I feel like they should just give you access to both. Well, when so you start. there's something else. Now, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know if this is a permanent no, thing. for the rental, the trial thing. No, no, well, no, there's the trial thing. That was like a special yeah. uh, event. But I guess there was an error in the game uh, sometime back. And they gave everybody a free uh, freelancer ship as kind of a like, sorry, the game didn't right. work. Now, I have one of those. And there's been some debate whether or not we're keeping those or if those eventually go away. But I'll tell you what, playing the game right now, even in the state it's in, that ship is like a later game. Not a late game, but a later game ship. Right. Uh, like, for instance, I have the Aurora MR uh, starter pack. And I can fit, like, maybe one or two small packages in my ship. And that's it. Yeah. 
As to where I take the freelancer, I can put like twenty fucking boxes in the goddamn thing. Yeah. Uh, large packages it, and it do does, any of the missions I want to do at the beginning. It of does no seem like they start you off ultra small. Yes. And it takes very little time to jump from there. I watched some videos on getting started. And if you follow any of the basic guides on YouTube, you'll be to like the mid tier of the game within like two to four hours. Which one of my favorite things about that game so far is the fact that whether I'm in my ship or on ground at any single point, I can just pull up a menu and pick one of like 50 missions. Yeah. That's it. I don't have to go talk to anybody. I don't have to go anywhere weird. I, I could be in the middle of space in the middle of another mission and be like, I'm going to pick up another mission. And that's what Destiny 2 should do. Because I, everybody's tired of going to the tower. Honestly, that's what most games should do. Yeah. The ability to not... Like, one of the things I hate in World of Warcraft is, you know, having to walk to, like, the farthest, deepest end of Stormwind to talk to somebody for two seconds and then run back to wherever I was questing before. Or all the way to the other main city on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Just to turn in the quest and have to go back again. Yeah, it, it's a complete it's, waste of time. Yeah, it, it's a thing they are building into the game to waste your time. And they wrap it in, oh, we want you to familiarize yourself with the city. Well, that's cute once. Yeah. Most people that play MMOs have multiple characters, and they get bored of that shit real quick. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time to develop that shit. Yeah, so, you know, the, the fact that you can just kind of pick up and do whatever you want in that game pretty quickly is nice. And there's a good level of immersion in it. So, the other game on our list is Temtem. Well, before we get to Temtem, because we just kind of glossed over PSO2. Oh, sure. And I, you didn't really, you had trouble with it lately. I did, so I started the, I started the game and I got through the tutorials. Well, first of all, for those of you who don't know, that's Fantasy Star Online too. Yeah. Um, which is what that was out. So it was out a couple years ago, several years ago, like four or five years ago in Japan or Asia. I'm not exactly sure where all, but definitely Japan. And it is in beta access through Xbox right now. Um, whether it's the windows Xbox store or the Xbox game. Still beta. I think it's out out now. No, it's in beta. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's still in beta. Um, it may as well be out because there's not going to be a wipe or anything, but they're calling it early access. Okay. So it's not technically launched, but there's early access, which is free if you have Game Pass. And I'll be honest, it's not an in-depth game. <laughs> and keep in mind, this is a four or five year old Japanese game that's yeah. been ported. So it's not bad. If you're looking for something simple and fun, if you're looking... For something to try and get your kids into. Like, you want to get your kids into MMOs. And they don't know how to use a credit card. And Yeah, and they don't know how to use a credit card. It's not a bad game. Um, it's very simple. It's colorful. It's There's some voice acting. It's all good. No, there's nothing bad. It's very friendly. Any... There's not a lot of blood or anything. There's very little swearing, if any. But if you're the kind of person that's been into stuff like World of Warcraft and Black Desert Online or anything like that... You're going to get bored of this game pretty quickly. Once you get through the tutorial, you're going to realize there's not much else to do. There, there's kind of nothing gear. to do but grind. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, and I think it's I think it's interesting. Like I love grindy games, and I think this is a pretty decent one. The combat is engaging. 
Um, it's colorful and fun, too. Yeah, it's nice to look at, but it just has no soul to it. No. It, it just wants you to pay for it and give them money for cosmetics. Which is, is most of what that game is, let's be honest. It's yeah, it, it's a fashion show. Yeah. I will say I am very happy, though. Uh, one of the events they were just running, I think it might be over now, was the uh, Sonic uh, event where they, yeah. they took the main area and played uh, some of the Sonic Adventure music and put giant Sonic figures and rings you could collect all over the place. It's stupid, it's pointless, it has no bearing on the game whatsoever. But as somebody that's a big Sonic and Sonic Adventure fan... It was nice. It was a feels-good moment. It was a nice little nostalgia moment, and I enjoyed every bit of it. So, um, and and it's free if you have Xbox Game Pass, so there's no harm in trying it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'd spend money on it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's free on Windows too. Is I don't, it? I don't okay. have the Game Pass just on the Windows oh, okay. app so or it's, Windows it's Store. Open or whatever. Everybody, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. Go go try it out. It won't hurt you. Go try it out if you can. Spend an hour. Uh, apparently it doesn't necessarily work on everyone's it wouldn't, computer. It wouldn't launch on my computer the second time I tried to launch it. Um, so I I tried, and it's not like I'm getting an error code or it's starting to launch. It just literally bricks and does nothing when I try to launch it. Here's the other thing. If you're having any issues with it, feel free to just click some buttons. Because I'll tell you right now, the translations are... They're, medi- not, they're not good. They're mediocre. Like... When you hit a button, you'll be like, oh, that's settings. It doesn't really say settings. It says something else that could be very loosely interpreted as settings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, be, be prepared for a little bit of hard translation. So, this is a game I want to get back to because I really liked it. Um, I kind of hit a puzzle wall and just kind of stopped. I think we're in about the same spot. We're at the exact same spot by design. Yeah. But I want to I wanna talk about Temtem because I feel like they're not getting the credit they're due. I feel like they've made the first decent, updated Pokemon game out well, there. To be fair, uh, they have really the only MMO monster catcher that I've ever seen worth playing. Yeah. Um, there have been some kind of indie attempts. I don't know that there's ever been any real big there's, attempts. There's been a lot of... Indie attempts where people have just straight up ripped off Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. And I feel like they've done enough new stuff here to make it feel like a different game. Yeah, I mean, the art style's different. Yeah. The world is very different. The way you explore the world is different enough. Um, the combat is real weird, and we haven't played it in a few months, so we do not know what progress they made. It does seem like they're making significant strides every month or so. Yeah, and I mean... Very active roadmap. They have a good roadmap. They seem to be hitting their mark on everything they do from what I've been able to keep up with. And some of the stuff that they Um, were adding, I think we should have player housing by now, which we haven't checked out yet. Yeah, I mean, like, we got very, very short. We we did not get far in the story. We played the first couple hours of it back around... I think it was first came out. We played launch day and, like, two or three days afterwards and stopped. Yeah, so there um, wasn't a lot there, and even still, we were pretty excited about it. So. And we didn't stop because it was bad. We stopped because we were invested in TFT at yeah. the time, and we just had other games going on. But I think of all of the like modern MMOs and all of the newer stuff that I've tried, it's far and away the best thing that I've played 
as far as MMOs go. Yeah, so it's been good. Uh, it's got potential. It's I, I don't think I have anything bad to say it's, about it's it. It's living up to its potential. Uh, there's so many... Th- I mean, and the worst part is they tease you heavily. You will constantly go by buildings and shit where it's just like, yeah, this will be here soon, and I really want to know, even though most of the buildings in that game have nothing of consequence in them whatsoever right now. And also, it's kind of... they. They but, gotta fill the world out with something. They do. They do. But yeah. even with the buildings not really having anything of consequence in them, I still want to know what these other buildings are. Right. What are they going to be? What are they going to turn into? And some of them even say, like, hey, this is where this will be and it's coming soon. And, and and then you just want to be like, well, how's that going to work? Right. You know? The game is good enough that every time they're announcing something new, you're like, how are you going to do that? I'd like to see that. That's going to be neat. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's everything about it, it seems to work well. Everything about it seems well thought out. Like, very, very well thought out. They're not copying anything from Pokemon that I've seen other than, like, the general monster fighting and catching vibe. Well, they also seem to... There doesn't seem to be a push for you to spend a lot of money in the game. No. And... What's better, because you you got to sit there and wonder, like, they got to get more money from somewhere, right? There seems to be a lot of franchising opportunity that I think that they're going to take on. I don't think it's going to be that long before we see apparel and plushies. And they've already got some animations done. Who knows if that'll turn into anything or if that's just going to be part of the game. There is opportunity to make money from other things. And I'll tell you what, I would rather, instead of paying for cosmetics in a game or paying for a subscription model... I would much rather buy cool shit from the game that I play. Yeah. And put that in my house. So... And I... Like, the other cool thing is... It's a game that we've really enjoyed playing. And, like, pretty much everything about it so far. And it's 100% family friendly. Yeah. Like, you can play it with your kids. You can let your kids just play it and not worry. Sure. Yeah. No reason not to. It seemed very well put together... Your kids aren't going to accidentally go and spend $1,000 on your credit card. They're not, like, hounding the kids for money and, like, popping up. But what if you bought this every five seconds? It's not super wordy. Yeah. Uh, and But now, also not now, boring. When we played the game, they had not implemented the chat system yet. They had barely had anything as far as grouping up. Yeah, the group mechanic did not work super well. But, depending on how the chat system works, and I have good faith that they got it working pretty well, I don't think you're going to have a lot of worry about your child uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain reading or interacting with weird people, you know what I'm, I mean? I'm fairly sure I remember seeing that you could turn off like text chat and voice chat, like if you don't want your kids talking to other people on the internet and it's a hundred percent unnecessary you can only get messages from like your friends yeah like you don't there's no need for a chat system in that game it's great to have it i want it but if you are you know if you've got kids and you're worried about it 100 percent, no need to have it whatsoever they can play the game completely fine with it not being yeah. there it's definitely safer than sending your kids to crossroads chat yeah yeah Oof. um other than that, though, like, there's there's just not a ton of games out there right now as far as MMOs. No, we're mostly seeing expansions on the big ones that are out. Now, I don't know if we're getting anything new for Guild Wars anytime soon. And I'll be honest, 
I'm really upset at just how long it takes them to put out official content. I get there's a lot of free content, well, and but I don't care about it, to be honest. Don't forget, they lost like half of their development team over an internal issue with the studio. At this point, I really want... I need a release from ArenaNet with some direction. What are we doing? Are we going for a new expansion? Is this dying out? Are we getting a Guild Wars 3? What's happening? Because there doesn't seem to be a lot of communication about what they're doing next. They only ever seem to talk about the little free updates that they're currently doing. And I think if I'm going to stay invested in that game at all, I need to know what the future of it's going to be. And right now, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure what the future of Guild Wars 2 is. And that's upsetting, because it's been one of my favorite MMOs for a very long time now. I haven't generally cared for Guild Wars 2. I loved the original Guild Wars, and I spent hundreds of hours at least in that game probably thousands um i don't care for guild wars 2 i don't like the combat and i don't like the overall look of it honestly it's okay it's okay but it it's this weird like overly realistic cartoon world yeah and i it just doesn't work for me i've realized my Um, hardest part of playing that game like i played a lot of it and especially with joining some new guilds i really wanted to make a new character and God, I just don't like most of the characters in that game. And the character creation is so... It's very... Minimal. Yeah, there's not a lot of choice. And the choices that you have, most of them are bad. Yeah, they're not good. No. And it, a lot of them are like, do you want short horns or slightly shorter horns? I'll be honest, I made a human. That was my original character. And I like him. He looks fine. But then when I try to make another character, I just end up making another human character because I really just don't like the other races I, that much. I tried so hard to like that game. I tried every race. I tried every class. I, I wanted to find something I liked, and it just kind of all fell flat for me. And then all the, the bullshit with the studio went down, and I was like, well, I'm just done with them. Like, if it was the greatest game on planet Earth, maybe I'd try to, like, give them another shot. But I just don't even like it that much to begin with. And I just don't want to support that studio. Because I just don't like the way that they're running it. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I don't think everybody should do that. No, for me it's... it's. Uh, I know you don't really care that much. For me it's more of a franchise loyalty. I just like Guild Wars. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and that's what I want to know with the future. Because that game is getting old. It's mm-hmm. getting outdated. Are we getting quality of life upgrades? Or are we getting a new game? Are we going to upgrade the engine? What's happening? Uh, right. I don't know. Just hearing the the story updates between these couple of characters that have been been in the story since day one, I, I just well, I'm losing interest. And then you know, like I don't know why, but this reminds me of like Borderlands. Like Borderlands three fell totally flat. I, I think that's probably in the you running. Think so yeah, I don't think it did. I think people liked it, but I the thing is, like everybody that I know that played it played it really really hard for like a week and then i only ever hear about it for one day the day a new dlc launches that's because everyone loves that game so much they play it so fucking hard they just run it up but borderlands 2 like there's people still playing borderlands 2 there's still people playing borderlands 1 like i feel like the remastered collection did better than borderlands 3 i feel like it's a big flop and honestly i think they had to do a Borderlands MMO style game next. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to now because I don't think they had enough lasting interest. 
I don't know. Personally, Borderlands Three has been my favorite Borderlands so far. See, it's hands it's, down. It's been it's it's the I haven't played the, enough of it to say, but I had more fun playing Borderlands One than anything else Borderlands has ever put out. I think you should go back to it. Oh, I should because You're not wrong. the game had. I mean, the graphics are are great and pretty and fun. No, whatever. I, I love the art but, style. I love the comedy. Yeah, but none of that's new. No, they don't break any new ground on three. No. But the story is the best I've seen so far. The dialogue's my, the best I've seen so far. The music's the best. The gunplay. My it. beef with it is that I don't particularly like the enemies in this game. I don't think they're very fun to fight against. I like the new vehicles a lot. I think that's really cool. I mean, most of the enemies are the same. They have the new enemy types, like the guys with the backpacks, the big Chungus dudes. Yeah. Um, there's some, I mean, it, there's it some feels, new people, don't get me wrong. It feels a lot more open world, and it feels a lot more, like, monster closet to me, where you, like, run around the open world, and then you pull into a big open space, or, like, a bar area, or some sort of arena of some kind, and then you just fight a bunch of dudes... And, like, granted, the other Borderlands games kind of do this, too. But I think it's the traversal, where, like, you go pretty far and you pull in. Okay, here's the big guy. Here's the bunch of little dudes. So I'm guessing you played mostly the Pandora section. I played, like, three planets. I got to the first... I got to the... Gosh, it's like a Japanese name. I know what you're talking about. I I got to the ball or the... Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get super far, but everything I encountered just felt not great. It opens up a lot more from when yeah. you're talking. Now, it's still a monster closet. I'm not going to deny that yeah. at all. It absolutely, but all, but the, that's all the Borderlands games are sure. kind of that way. It's not as open world as it seems. It, it did feel a little more canned. And the one issue, I, I actually ran into this over and over and over, where I wasn't getting good loot. Like, it was just RNG was not being good to me. So I was very underpowered for everything I was doing. And I kept getting in fights where I was trying to progress through the low-level story. It was, like, under my level. But I just had no good loot. So... And I would die. And I kept spawning where the fucking enemies were. So they would follow me all the way back to where I would respawn. And I would just instantly die the second I respawn. And I'm like, well, I guess I just need to leave here. So... And I don't like this aspect of the game, but part of your problem is that Borderlands 3 isn't as self-contained as the other Borderlands are. They're trying to make it a very active community. So, like, for instance, I have super overpowered guns at the beginning of the game, but I've done some of the special events. They have a lot of these events that happen every once, like, month or so. Well, and I tried going and watching some Twitch streams, and that's how I ended up getting past it. Yeah is I ended up getting a bunch of drops. So I did end up with some really good guns. And basically, I had to quit playing and go watch Twitch streams, and then I could play the game again. And I'm not saying that's everybody's experience. Yeah, I didn't really need it. I had a really, really rough time with that game starting up. That game is also better with multiplayer, and you're not much of a multiplayer person. I don't want to play Borderlands games multiplayer because I've always played them single player. You are missing out because co-op is the only way I will play Borderlands, and it is the best. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just saying like my original playthrough, I want to continue to have the single player experience... And then I'm happy to play it more 
multiplayer. I'll be honest, it's got to be the other but way. But it's probably worse. You have to do it the other way around. Yeah. Like, learn the game and then go through The it. solo is there. It's yeah. not as fun. It's not as fun without at least one other person. It's just, meh. Yeah. It's more of a struggle. It's harder. It's slower. But once you get a second person there, the action really picks up. And that game shines well, with co I'm okay with the pace. Like, I feel like the combat is fast enough for me. Um, but I just, I, I don't love the combat interactions that I've had outside of, like, the action of combat. Like, shooting the guns is fun. The gun types are fun. I don't really think the enemy types that I've encountered are anything great. They're fine. Um, except for those big Chungus dudes with the explosive backpacks. I, I don't care for that. I just, there's something about those where I just don't like fighting them. Yeah. Um, and it feels like there's so many of them. Like, it's constant. Well, one of the other things I really like about Borderlands 3, and although it's very similar to the other Borderlands, the level design in this one... Is really good. This is the best level design of any Borderlands game good. so far. It looks good, and it's fun to explore. The jokes are hit and miss in this one for me. I love them. Like, most of them are pretty good, but there's a few where I'm just like, uh, this is... This this has gone on too long. What character did you pick? Um, I started with I played two. Did you play that stupid Beastmaster or the yeah, fighter? Yeah, I, I started with the Beastmaster guy, um, and then I played with Mose. Okay, Mose is okay. Yeah, I, all right. I, I tried again with Mose, and that's pretty fun. I just like the Big Mac. Play it with Zane. Yeah, gotta play. If you want the good dialogue, Zane is the that's that's where you get the handsome Jack level shit. Okay, dude, Zane is the way to go if you just want dialogue. Mose is okay. She's pretty good. Yeah. And if you want to take a little bit of hit in excellent dialogue, uh, yeah, the robot's fucking worth it. God, that robot yeah. is amazing. He was super strong, but I was just like, I was like, well, this is very on the nose. Like, obviously, I'm going to do a bunch of crit bullshit yeah. and insta-kill guys. Um, the downside with him is if your insta-kill stuff isn't up, he's just kind of weak. Well, so if you level him up a bit, like one of my favorite abilities is even if I know if he's useless... When I jump out, he'll stay there for a while, even after he's destroyed, and also emit a shield bubble. Yeah. And that's so fucking useful. I use that all the time. Um, and there's been regular... I mean, they're still coming out with more expansion content with that, with within a decent pace. Yeah, there, there was uh, a new expansion that was like a bounty hunter thing, I think, this week. We're already on, like, yeah, two or three expansions, yeah. I believe, on, on top of all the events that the only having. The only bummer is, like, every expansion or piece of DLC that I've seen, every player has gotten through in a couple hours. It, they seem to be very small. It depends on how much you want to grind them out. Um, well, I mean, they're story-based. I mean, the story itself, people have been... The story doesn't go that far. I watched somebody play through the first one, and it took, like, two hours. Yeah, the story... And they were not trying to go through it quickly but that's not where that's no, not they're that's just not, adding content to the game well that's not where the dlc shines yeah the story's short the story's gonna right. be short for all of them so like for instance um once they've gone through it like my roommates are in love with borderlands 3 they play it together all the time and the real challenge comes with like doing everything in harder and harder settings because you get better and better guns and better and better loot uh and that apparently is where the dlc really gets good um, that's what they always tell me because the guns that they're picking up from it are some of the most fascinating guns I've seen in a Borderlands game yet. So I was checking to see if it had crossplay between Xbox and PC, and it does not. 
Which is unfortunate, because you only have it on Xbox, right? I have it on both. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it'd be cool to be able to, you know, you could play on the Xbox, or I could play on the Xbox, and one of us could play on PC. Out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's disappointing. But not uncommon. We can play it a couple of days when we get home. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, let's see. But uh, as far, like, that's kind of the end of our list of upcoming MMOs. Like, there's a few other things, but, like, a lot of the stuff that was MMO, like the Magic the Gathering uh, game that was supposed to be an MMO, they've changed it to be just an action RPG now, which well, looks okay. Well, we don't know. We don't really know. They no. took they took MMO out of everything, and it's not been fully released, and we haven't well, they, gotten a beta they yet. They showed quite a bit of gameplay. They did, but we don't know what's in it, and we don't know what's been removed, and we don't know what the beta... Well, currently it seems it's like... It's not going to be an open-world MMO. It's not. It's going to be, go to this area, run from beginning to end, and get some loot. It's an ARPG. Like, you are going through levels with a deck of cards equipped as your abilities. Yeah. So it's an action RPG, for sure. It's an ARPG. We don't know what the multiplayer component is going to be at this point. And they backed off of some of what they were saying it was going to be. Not that they've said it's going to be opposite. They've just backed off of what they were saying. I feel like removing MMO from their website and everything about the game is a pretty big indicator. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a huge I, I feel flag. like I'm comfortable saying it's not an MMO anymore. I'm not comfortable saying it anything might, until we have a beta, at least. It might have some <laughs> MMO elements, but I don't think they'd remove all of that if they considered it to be one even loosely. Maybe. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like They might have left it in there if it was questionable. But the fact that they removed it from everything... like I don't know. I, I don't think we'll get much MMO. I think you'll get a lot of multiplayer ARPG. That's that's what I'm expecting. Like, you'll have two to four people running through levels together, for sure. Yeah. Like, they've shown multiplayer, I believe. That That's that's most of what I'm expecting from it. Most of what else is left, really, is just uh, other expansions and updates. Elder Scrolls Online is getting Greymore, which is going to be like... I think they got Greymore. Maybe it's out it's already. Out. Yeah, it came out. And that's... I'm expecting that's probably just going to be every other it, Elder Scrolls DLC. It kind of came and went. There's going to be more quests. There were big cutscenes and fancy graphics. and You get to go to Skyrim. And basically, <laughs> when it came out, everybody was like, oh yeah, this is pretty neat, I guess. And then I never heard about it again. Well, I mean, it's the same as Morrowind or, or yeah. Somerset, where it's just like... It's another ESO expansion. It's Yeah, it's another story in another place. Yay. I That game is going to have to do something if it's going to keep putting out expansions like this, because I don't know... I don't know if it's going to hold a lot of attention. I if feel it just like keeps it's... doing it the same way. Unless, of course, we keep getting the dry spell of no real MMOs coming out. I feel like they're trying to like boost their numbers with these expansions. And now that they've done the one that's the obvious big deal, like, hey, go play Skyrim in this MMO, that's come and went. And with very little fanfare... I think that might be the beginning of the end of development for that game. And I, I think it'll go another couple years. I don't think the development on that game is going to end until the new Elder Scrolls comes out. I think we easily I think it, have I don't think it years. ends, but I think it's, it's going to slow down. And I think we're going to see a lot more little tweaks here and there. We'll see some new zones. We'll see some new quests. Maybe a new class even before it's done. 
I think they're going to keep this um, up for a while, but my question is what happens when they run out of Tamriel? Yeah, I, I think they've hemorrhaged a lot of players to every other game out there. Um, and, like, I think a lot of the ESO players went back to WoW Classic. Yeah. Like, I, I think their hardcore player base is probably all that they have left. Well, and so that leads us to the only other real game with anything new to say that we care about, which is World of Warcraft. Uh, they, I don't think the new one's been out. Shadowlands? No, I don't believe that's out. Um, they've been pumping out the uh, the Battlegrounds and Hearthstone stuff. Yeah. They've been going real hard on that in lieu of the new expansion coming out. Um, that's made them a buttload of money. And it's good. Like, I love the new Battlegrounds changes, and I stopped playing that game for several months. Um, unfortunately, it still has kind of some of the issues where... If someone gets Murlocs with Divine Shields and Poison, you just automatically lose to them. But they've made it more difficult to get that, and they've made some other stuff more viable. But as far as uh, World of Warcraft, uh, what do you call it, uh, retail, yeah, current Warcraft, um, July 8th, there's a Shadowlands update. Um, I'll be honest... I kind of, like, I do want to go back to playing it. I was playing regular WoW for a little bit, and I, you know, with the uncertainty and of COVID, I didn't keep up the, uh, you know, the subscription. So I, I went the opposite direction on that. I bought the six-month subscription because I was like, if I lose my job, I can just play World of Warcraft if I have to and I, not spend any more money. I might go back to playing it. I'll be honest, um, I like it. It looks good. And the new expansion looks great. <laughs> I like the new faction thing. I like that they're expanding yeah, I, to a bunch of new worlds and new stuff. Honestly, I think a lot of the problems people have with it are based around the raid balance and the super endgame balance. I never get into that stuff. I'm I more, don't care. I'm more interested in the world. I'm more interested in the character abilities, the different classes... A little bit of PvP here and there. I get like to a about very little of it. I get to about dungeons. Um, yeah, and I'll, then I don't I'll run care. Some dungeons. Yeah, I love and, dungeons. But like, and I could see myself like I've done a few raids, and I could see myself getting into raiding even, but probably not until I hear it's good again. <laughs> but also, I love classic WoW. Like yeah. I know you're not as into it as I am. I want. To, I want to get past where we are. And I unfortunately, think we, it's just such a chore. I, I, I feel haven't like done if it. we could spend the 60 hours and get to our mounts and start doing some of the real dungeon runs, you would probably be a lot happier. You know, we, we've got the time. And I'm just saying, like, we've got the time and we could check out current WoW. I, I think World of Warcraft is actually in a really good place. Yeah, it seems fine. Um, it kind of seemed like it was dying out there for a while, but I think, especially with there not really being much out there, and the fact that this game has just kept up over the years. And it rewards you for sticking around. It does. Um, they've they've managed to make their game more playable and not be totally patronizing to their their long-term players, their veterans. I think it's, they've, it's a little bit, a little bit easy street. The early games seem super streamlined, and usually 
that's terrible in an MMO. And I think the only reason that's not terrible in WoW is because there is just an overwhelming amount of content. And at this point, streamlining the early levels, not a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's just I, not bad. I think they're, uh, I think they're in a good place, like as much as they can be. Um, and they've kind of slowed down on the whole level thing. Like the new expansion lets you go to level one twenty, and everybody was like, "Oh man, I'm sure in twenty twenty we'll be having level two hundred and fifty characters." Um, and they toned down the damage numbers so that you're not seeing millions of damage most of the time. Unless you're on, like, a raid boss wiping your team. Yeah, they tried to keep it from um, being those, like, you know, Japanese RPGs with ridiculous numbers flying all over the and screen. let's be honest, they have the best web design of, like, any any MMO or game that I've seen. Straight up, Blizzard has some of the best graphic design I have seen on just about anything. Just anything in general. And the funny thing is I know how they do it, and I'm still super impressed by it. Yeah. Um, Nothing ever really looks bad. Their artwork is so polished. Everything Blizzard does is very polished for the the most part. Yeah. Um, They even know how to do simplicity well. Yeah, it's just, it's very, it's very cohesive. All the iconography, all of the buttons... Um, everything meshes with the game world and it it's interactive it's interesting and it's not like overwhelming it's still easy to do easy to look through the text is well presented um and i'm gonna be honest and this is one of the reasons where i have a lot of worries about new world is that i couldn't pick out new world from a bunch of different games as to where like you know when you're looking at warcraft you know when you're looking at Warcraft. It's, it's got its own fucking style. Oh. And as many other people have tried to clone it, nobody has been able to really hammer that down. Apparently there's a new leveling experience. Oh. So you're going to start at level 1 to 10 going through the introduction and do your first mini dungeon. And then you're going to pick your era, apparently, for levels 10 to 50. And you can pay, play the latest expansion being Battle for Azeroth. Um, or... You can follow Chromie back in time and tackle any other expansion you want from oh, 10 to 50, which is great. That's wonderful. Because you and me can go back and experience some of the expansions that we missed. Well, we could or also, do the stuff that we love. We could do, yeah, we could do the older stuff and still have a, a you know, yeah. now character, which so, and is this, wonderful. And then at level 50 to 60, you go to the Shadowlands, which is the new expansion. Which I think that's great, that you don't have to play to level 120, you know, before you can experience the new content. Yeah. Um, and it sounds to me like they're kind of trying to merge Classic WoW and Modern WoW. Which, you know... I, which is a good way to go. I wanted them to do, and I had no idea how the hell they were going to do it. And honestly, it looks like they kind of figured something out, and I'm not... Opposed to it. No, yeah, seems good. Um, But again, their artwork is phenomenal. Well, and also, shout out to the people that are handling their story and cinematics at the moment. Because their cinematics have always been good in like an edgelordy kind of way. Like, I remember seeing cinematics during Wrath of the Lich King. And they were inconsequential. They really didn't reveal almost anything about the story. But it was just cool to see like Arthas and Ice Dragon and all that. 
But now they've got the kind of Elder Scroll thing going on where... It's very clean. The new cinematics are very integral to the story. And they're badass and shiny. And they throw all of your you know favorite characters into the mix. It's, it's, it's perfect. They do a great job. Um, they're definitely... They do a good job, too, with bundling in, like, perks when you buy the expansion for other Blizzard games. Like, you get StarCraft unit skins. You get player icons for Diablo. You get pets to follow you around in both games. Oh, I gotta tell you, I mean, not only do I love having a Treasure Goblin and Baby Winston follow me around yeah. in World of Warcraft, but the fact that you can Pokemon battle with them, as much as it's a really stupid system, it's just kind of neat. That's the one thing that I do miss in Classic WoW, is the Pokemon battling from... Or, I guess, pet battling from current WoW. Yeah. Um, that's something I've really enjoyed in that game. And I have a ton of pets because I've played the game for since it launched. I have a ton um, of pets, but I have not battled a lot. They're all low level. I have, like, a few that yeah. I've managed to get mid-tier. I've got to, like, five or ten with some. Yeah, I spent, like, a it. week doing it with a team and got them, like, mid-tier, like, level 30. And the fact that um, you can pretty much only use the ones that you want. Like, I think yeah. I mostly roll with, like... Baby Winston, Treasure Goblin, and Molten Corgi. Yeah. And I, I'm like, fine. This is They all look cute. I want to level them up. This is a fun little battling system. Like, And it works not? well. Again, everything's polished. Well, we've convinced ourselves to play WoW again. We have. We've heard it live. I feel... And we didn't even plan on talking about this, by the way. I feel like we're really shitty people for praising what's obviously been the best MMO for uh, like well over a decade at this point. I but feel like we're not whatever. shitty people it's for that. It's still They've a great still... game. Like no, there's nothing <laughs> shitty about that. Like they well, like the praising ones... WoW. Of course you praise WoW. Like it's 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 WoW. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> But at the same time it's impressive that you still can. Yeah. They've gone this long without fucking it up beyond you know, repair. And it honestly seemed questionable there for a while. So the fact that they were able to pick it up and they they definitely reached into the nether and pulled it back. They did. They like, did. It, it was going real, real bad for about two years. There was a, I mean, more than two years. There was a good five years there where everything there became. Was a, there was a, a, like a two year decline. And then there was like a two year, like rolling around, wallowing in their own sorrow. It, and then like a year they've kind of, corrected yeah it wasn't so much the decline as it was the stagnation yeah and it was like it's where guild wars is right now where it was like great what now where are you going with this and that's when you started seeing it out you saw everything everywhere going like what's going to be the next wow killer and the closest thing you got to was ESO, which is And fine. it turns out the next WoW killer is WoW. Is, is WoW. Yeah, I mean, WoW ended up ending that debate and going, no, nothing's killing us. We're or, still here. <laughs> and despite them having one of the most dated combat systems with the tab targeting, it's still like... One of the best. There's no other game out there that feels as satisfying to use your abilities. Yeah. And you're literally pushing number buttons on your keyboard and it still feels satisfying and that makes no goddamn sense i think it's because that game gives you an absolutely overwhelming amount of abilities and you don't not only do you not need a lot of them but which ones you need or don't need is based purely on how you want to play it yeah so you've got a level of complexity in the combat in what you choose to do and how you choose to play without it feeling overwhelming Unless you're one of those people that are like, I'm going to make a level 100 character without ever having played it to level 20. 
right. me, and then you have no idea what you're doing unless you want to read for an hour. Well, and not <laughs> only that, like, they don't necessarily punish you for using some of the fluff abilities. No. Like, if you want to throw in some flavor, you can do that. And unless you're doing high-tier rating where you need to optimize things, you can get by with very, very little effort, but still feel like you're doing something challenging and interesting. Or you can fill your screen with as many hot bars as you want. Yeah. I, I mean, if there's, you really want to. There's a ton of mods and customization. Like, there are benefits for it being around, what, 20-some years at this point? I don't know. When did WoW come out? It's been uh, it a came out now. in 2004. Jesus, yeah, so... So not, 16 not quite, years. Yeah, it's getting there. It, I mean, we're getting to 20 years pretty quick here. I kind of wonder what we're going to see. There's got to be a 20th anniversary something. I I think the 20th anniversary is going to be WoW 2.0. I'm really hoping we're going to WoW 2. I think we see all of WoW reimagined in a new updated art style. Yeah. And I think we see the option to play with the old school art style up to the new content. Um, but I think at 20 years, we see a totally upgraded engine. And I think we see the same game with better everything. Honestly, we've seen an engine upgrade with WoW before. And it was perfect. It was wonderful. I think it's time we see another one. I would love to see another one. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... Adding actual fingers to the characters was a big upgrade. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I mean, they just said um, lighting and water shaders, which were yeah. great. Bring back weather effects. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think at 20 years, we just see, you know, the Unreal Engine 5 level World of Warcraft. And I don't, I don't think it'll be like you need a beastly computer to run it. But I think we'll see something that just looks way more polished and clean. Because, like, even the trailer we're looking at now for the new expansion... Doesn't look um, bad. It doesn't look bad, but you can definitely see, like, oh, that belt is just a, a ring with some textures on it. Like, and some very minimal geometry. I wouldn't mind some more uh, polys. And I, I, I think we see a higher poly count version of WoW. A higher poly count, more shaders, and just... And this is just personal... Um, just the option to go DX12 with maybe some ray tracing ability would just be great. You know, it would just be yeah. a little added something. I, I think in the next four years, ray tracing will be pretty common. And I think, you know, you look at Minecraft and what it does for that game. Yeah. And then you apply that level of detail to World of Warcraft's lighting. If you put in an upgraded and shader abilities. and a couple more polys, that game would look yeah fantastic without necessarily changing much. Yeah, I, I think we'll see a vastly improved visual upgrade for World of Warcraft, but I don't think we'll see anything wildly different in reference to their actual design and gameplay philosophy. You know, I, I've really enjoyed that RPGs are trying to break out of the box instead of just Clone WoW. I wasn't a big fan of Black Desert Online. I see the appeal. Um, yeah, it, it's a different the, game for a different crowd. And the combat system is a great try at something new. And they did a good job with it. Yeah. Um, but there's just something about the very classic WoW style of gameplay that's still good. And the fact that they haven't tried to dumb WoW down to work on consoles... Thank God for that. Yeah, I think that's been a big part of the reason that it's survived. 
I think if they lost half their player base to a simplified console version that didn't spend any real time on the game, it probably would have killed it because, you know, the player base would be gone. Um, I, I think they've benefited from working to their strengths and sticking to their, you know, their hardcore player base. Even when those players didn't have much to do, they still want to be in the world. So, your opinion, by 2020, do we see World of Warcraft VR edition? I mean, <laughs> I was kind of thinking about that. I, I think they probably are... I think it's a 50-50. I'm certain they're working on it and testing it. Like, I know they're already doing it. Somebody, been. Somebody's playing around with it at least just to see if it's viable. Somebody, somebody has played through the leveling process or some of the new content with a VR headset on at Blizzard. And I think they're trying to brainstorm ways to make it work great. And I think it's just a 50-50 on whether or not there's a way for them to make it where it's the level of good that they are used to. Which, you know what? If anyone could figure it out. I mean, we didn't think that they were going to be able to have classic and new WoW exist in the way that they did. Right. And they figured it out. We didn't think that they were going to be able to bring WoW back from the grave, and they did. We didn't think yeah. that they were going to be able to, I mean, do a lot of... I mean, even the new leveling system, you know? it just right. Whenever you're not sure, I would like to see this, and I don't know how the hell they would do it, they seem to figure something out, so... I, I think that they, they're they not only trying to figure out a way to make VR work, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe they try it, and they're like, this just isn't fun. Isn't fun, which is a possibility. And that's totally a viable route. Like, not every game has to work in VR. Like, I'm not a huge VR fan yet. But yeah, we, this is actually, I have played around with a lot of VR. Luckily, one of my friends has VR, so I do try games on that. But neither one of us currently own a VR system. So, but I also think there's there's a big question mark: Is VR going to be something people actually want to play video games with in 2020? I think the answer is or yes. In 2024. No, I, I think the, the answer is definitely yes. I think the biggest problem is it's still so new; it's not affordable on the mass market. I think they have, yeah, they haven't figured it out yet. That well, yeah, and they and they just haven't gotten it. I mean, especially, you know, they're trying out new technology at a time where, especially right now, everyone's losing their job and money. Yeah. And so, until we get a more economic-friendly, compatible... So this is the other thing, a compatible VR. Right. Not one, like, Stadia that runs only on its own shit. And you've got PSVR and Vive and Oculus, and they've all got their own shop. Yeah, just... I don't want to see Blizzard VR. Trying to find, like, it seems like a Steam VR headset would work even if you weren't running Steam, as long as the game had VR, as to where, like, if you want to find an alternative to Steam VR that'll just work on games, good luck. Because there really isn't a lot out there. Yeah. So, I think a big component is... It's something new that didn't arise until a few months ago when people suddenly couldn't really travel. There were always those conversations of, VR is great for those that are unable to leave their home because of illness. Right. Or disability. And now there's a lot of, it's not safe to travel. (laughs) Or, I can't leave my house because I'm at risk 
of getting really sick. So I need this escape. And suddenly you can't spend, you know, the 500 or $1,000 on a vacation. A VR headset suddenly becomes affordable because you're not taking that vacation this year. Well, but here's the other problem, And too. I'm not saying that's for everybody, and I'm not saying that's something that people would even do. Well, But it's a new thing to consider. I think one of the things people have been very upset about, and it's slowly coming back because so many gamers have been upset about this for years, is that with the last generation of consoles, it seems like couch co-op died. Yeah. Completely. And there are people that are bringing it back, and bless those people. Um, but here's the problem with VR, is like if you're going to do couch co-op, you need multiple headsets. Yeah. That's not, for most people, that's not going to happen it, right it's now. It's a technology that it it's getting out of the phase of being the new cutting-edge tech and becoming, how do we make this economically viable and affordable for the average home? Yeah. Like, how do we get this to become affordable like having four controllers in your house? Like, that's a normal thing if people have kids they have multiple controllers. Like we've got a couple of wired controllers, a couple of wireless controllers, and occasionally I'll buy a nice controller. Now, if that comes down to, I bought a nice controller and I bought a VR headset and I still only spent, you know, a hundred bucks on the VR headset and $60 on the controller, that becomes a household staple. Sure. But if I have to spend $400 on a headset and I've got to have a $1,000 PC, that's very out of reach. Or even a $500 gaming console and a $500 headset, that's out of reach for the majority of people, especially in this climate. Well, and especially if you're doing it because you got kids, because let's be honest... That's where a lot of your money is going to go anyway. And unfortunately, (laughs) a lot of research has shown that VR headsets are not good for children's development. Mm. It it has bad impact on their eye development, and it can even impact their brain development. And granted, these are newer studies. Well, and let's be honest, Um, too. Every study that's ever been about the video game industry, going back about before I was born was always the default video games are bad for you and especially well, kids. And that's that's where it and always it makes, starts. It makes sense else. to me because you're putting lights very close to your eyes and it disorients you. When you wear a VR headset, most people get pretty disoriented in the room that they're in. Right. Um so I think there's a lot of a lot of worry that it, it throws off kids' ability to keep their place so to speak um their brains are still developing so anything that throws off their sense of spatial awareness i could see how that could be harmful at the same time it could just as easily be we didn't grow up with vr headsets and therefore it has that effect on us but maybe with a lot of kids they will develop in a different way because they had that technology right i mean let's think about how often do we run into people that absolutely cannot operate a computer in any way oh for sure and we grew up with it and like our brains are wired to work with a computer and we're just like i don't understand why this is difficult and we can sit in any particular way i've I've talked with multiple eye doctors because i have terrible eyes like i i'm legally blind without my glasses 
and even with my glasses, a lot of the time I struggle to see things. Um, and it's not a prescription issue. It's just uh, my eyes can only do so well. Um, I've asked them repeatedly, hey, I spend like between 12 and 16 hours in front of a computer frequently. Is it a detriment to my sight? And they all tell me no. Give your eyes a rest. Anytime you're straining If anything, it starts to hurt. If you're straining your legs, it's not good for them all the time. Um, you know, they say, look at a gray surface for 30 seconds every hour or two. Uh, get up and walk around. Look at something different. Give your eyes a rest. Just like you give your legs a rest in a workout. Sure. Um, well, I'll, I, and, and my, I might just be like a fucking mutant, but uh, I have spent my entire life either staring at a TV, uh, you know, especially, you know, back during the days of Sega, or, you know, looking at a computer screen or a tablet or something. I'm always looking at a screen. I have been all my life. And I have perfect vision. And it's yeah. not deteriorated Well, that's what I'm saying. I, they've all universally said it doesn't affect your vision. Well, and we're getting better monitors and yeah. we're getting better about better refresh rates. brightness and cut refresh rates and yeah so uh, maybe some of some of the problems with vr are still just us figuring out how the hell do you make vr work it's still fairly I mean, early it was only on a, in development it was only a couple of years ago that we were talking about like google glasses and we yeah. just realized that just wasn't gonna work well you know? a lot of people there's been a lot of discussion around is VR actually what people want or is AR what people actually want? And I think there's a, a case for both. Like I want AR in my vehicle. Yeah. I want GPS that shows up on the road. I want it to be like a video game with arrows that show up on the road through my windshield. Well, I've been telling people for years, um, I don't necessarily know how you would work, but I think it would be better if we retooled the way that we use society to be more like a video game. Because if I could have, if I could make it feel like I was making even incremental, measurable progress in my life on a regular basis, it would yeah. be more incentive to work harder, pick up new skills, try new things, get out there and be more of a person. As to right now, our society is basically tooled towards uh, make some money and hope the economy the doesn't only, crash. The only metric like, of success is money. Money. Yeah. Right. Or how much stuff do you or have? Or status. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. If we can make life slowly be a little more like a video game, I'm fine In with certain that. ways, yeah. In certain ways. <laughs> in certain ways. In certain ways. Yeah, you still want to uh, prevent what you were seeing in the 90s when they were still real yeah. new, where people, like, lost concept of reality. Some of that's going to happen anyway, because people are nuts, but, you know. Well, and those people are susceptible to anything. But I think video know? games have become more conscious of that, too. Like, one of my favorite... Companies in general, but especially video game companies, is the Pokemon company. And they've become very big about how do we not only get people, like people that like Pokemon, how do we get them to exercise? How do we get them to learn? How do we get them to get out and walk around and see what's around them? Um, and I think that's really important. Like, Pokemon tries to go, yeah, here's this fantasy that you really love. But how can we also get you to love the fantasy and the actual world that you live in at the same time? And a lot of that comes from the fact that the developer of Pokemon uh, made it mostly because he was obsessed with insects. He was really into bug collecting. Yeah. And he wanted to translate that real world experience into a game. And now I think they're trying to take the game and move it back into a more real world experience. And I think that's a great thing and I think they should keep trying to do it. 
And I honestly feel kind of the same about um, Animal Crossing to a certain extent. So, um, I think games are becoming more self-aware of that being a thing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, more companies are becoming conscious of the impact they actually have on their player base. Yeah. And I think that's because a lot of the people building these games and running these companies are people that grew up with those games and were impacted by them. And they don't want to fuck up their kids because we've seen what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, unfortunately, truly a live and learn thing where you get a generation of damage that you then go and correct in the next generation and you make new mistakes. Well, I think the beauty of a lot of game design is uh, you usually have smarter people making video games, especially successful ones. Because it takes a lot to be able to learn how to do physics and animation and coding and all these other things that you have to manage. Um, because we've seen what happens with a lot of these video games. We've been to video game tournaments. We've been on video game message boards. It's easy to make really shitty, really ragey, really needy players. And luckily the entire video game industry is kind of ruled by people that are not retarded. Well, and can and like, kind of make it. I mean, one of the biggest pushes of the past several years of every game is how do we make our player base less toxic? Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the interesting things like kind of one of the only successful adjustments I've seen to the Overwatch issue with toxicity is the um karma system. Yeah. And I don't think it's hugely impactful. But I think it's small steps like that where they reward the player base for being good and being good to each other. Yeah. Like, hey, you weren't a shithead. Here's a thumbs up. Eventually, you'll get some reward for it. Yeah. Continue to not be a shithead. All it takes is a little effort to not type that shitty message. And it adds up to you getting a reward you wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Well, and there's some MMOs. The only one that I can think of offhand is EverQuest. Um, which also reward players that have been playing the game for a while yeah, they have like for a helping out system. new new players. Yeah, um, and I, I always love to see things like that. That's always good. I, I forget what game it was, but there's another game out there where they had a actual mentor system where you could queue up to help other players. Yeah, um, and you see things like the fuel rats in Elite Dangerous. Where people just have a good time helping other players and usually newer players. Yeah, anything where you can get the community in a positive way to interact with the rest of the community, I think is a great and move. And it's, it's something they've kind of pulled out of guilds from games where, like, there have been guilds forever that are, like, the new player guild where they're geared towards helping people learn. And then games have started implementing some of these mods and some of these guild things these systems where they see players creating them and they're like, we should implement that but better and directly into the game. I think guilds failed. I think what we all thought guild systems were going to be back in the earlier days of MMOs never really panned out to what we all thought they were going to be. And so instead they're creating all these other systems to get people to help each other yeah. because of the fact that guilds never turned out the way that they did. Um, and that's fine. It's good. I'm glad that they're still finding ways to get the community to interact with each other. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Like, for whatever reason, I saw probably five separate instances this week of people um, talking about how they met their spouse 
through World of Warcraft or another video game. And, you know, that is kind of where guilds come in, where you've got groups of players that are just interacting a lot. And, like, you get things like Discord communities now. Which Discord is like ours. Wonderful. Like, we've met a bunch of the people we play with through Discord and Reddit. Yeah. And, you know, you've made real-life relationships, like friends, um, like Tampon, for example. Yeah. Uh, people you hang out with in real life after you play video games with them for a while because well with you, her well, I, with her I, I actually just ran into her yeah and found out that but she it was, was into it was it. through a mutual interest of a video game yeah but because we had a discord which she was familiar with and right. because we played the same game it was really easy to be like hey man we should play well, more you, and now we've been friends yeah. for a while and you ran into her initially yeah but you did, I don't think you were like hanging out a lot until after you had played some games. Yeah, no, then. not at all. Like, we kind of all got to know each other through Discord. We played Overwatch for a couple months until it was like, hey, let's go to a bar. And, yeah, <laughs> you know? And, and not everybody stuck around. Like, you you know, some people are like, oh, man, this is not the group for me. And then you leave that Discord, and there's really no no hurt feelings most of the time. We actually got one of them to return. Um, yeah, I mean, people come and go, and it's... Sometimes it's the mix of people, and it, it gives you a a less stressful and dangerous environment to find out the people that you want to hang out with. I think it's also been a lot more positive for uh, females. Yeah. Because, like, for instance, I've got, I got one of my best friends plus my sister playing games now, and they really want to play with other people, and they don't really know where to start with a lot of these games. And if you're a woman, you know, trying to start off on some of these games, it can be... Brutal. Brutal. It can be brutal. It can be... I mean, Twitter has been a a fucking disaster this week with all of these allegations of sexual harassment and rapey, gross bullshit. Some of it true. I'd say most of it true. Of course, there's always going to be the outliers that just want to be the Me Too and... Well, I mean, I remember... Be uh, a part of the zeitgeist, but... It's it's pretty rampant in a community that's still growing where it's male predominant that you see shitty male behavior because men are gross. There's no way around it. Yeah. Like, it, it is an unfortunate reality, but it gives people an outlet to be able to establish, oh, I don't want to be around this person. It gives them an easy way to block someone out of their life without revealing too much of themselves. Well, there's just a lot of these guys that... I, it just It's just the, they, they change their reaction entirely. So, one of the girls I was dating, and this was back before college, though I was dating her in college as well, um, she used to play Burnout. She was a big fan of Burnout. And she was good. I mean... I'm alright at racing games, but I will never beat her at that game. And uh, she would come in like first or second place online. Every I would watch her. She was amazing. And constantly, if I played the game, even if I was shitty, everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, whatever good game, you just need to get better or whatever, noob, blah blah blah. But she would win and people would find out that she was a woman because, you know, it's Xbox. She just have right. voice chat. And, they're, you know, the reactions immediately like, I don't understand why women are even allowed to play this game, blah, blah, blah. Like, video games are for men. And it's like, who the fuck are these people? Right. Yeah. Like, what, how do you even get there? So, yeah, I mean, if you're a woman that doesn't play that many video games and you want to try, and then that's the reception you get, 
I can understand why you wouldn't want to play much more, you know what I mean? My wife is a great example of this. Like, she likes to play games like Civ and, you know, casual games mostly. Sure. You know, The Sims, She wants to play games, but she's not a hardcore gamer like we are. Right. It just doesn't appeal to her interests. Like, that's not what she's looking for. She doesn't want to play a competitive game. Yeah. Um, like the most, she likes to play games that are difficult. Like she loved Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, she was trying that, to get me to play that earlier. That's a tough game. Um, but every time I've been like, "Hey, do you want to try Overwatch?" and she's like, "I, I don't really want to play with other people. Like I, I don't want to. I'm not good at these games. I don't want to deal with that stress." Yeah, it, it's just it's not even like the shitty people. It's I don't want to be a burden or I don't want to have my lacking skills put on showcase and open myself to potentially horrific criticism. You Which, know. let's be honest, especially in that game, that's... And that's just, I threw that out there because top of mind. But but there's a lot of... I mean, let's be honest. Game. If you're a new player and you want to jump into League of Legends, prepare to get shit on constantly because you will almost never run into somebody that's like... Hey man, go to this site and check this out and it'll help you get the game better. It's just like, right. stop playing this fucking game if you're not good at it. It's like, well, I'm not going to get good at it yeah. if I don't play it. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a difficult thing still, but I think we are at least taking some steps. We're getting and there. I, I think Twitch has been good for that. And just yeah. streaming. Like, you see a lot of really, really talented women playing video games and it's become more normalized. Yeah. You know kids are playing Fortnite, girls, boys, everything out there. I think esports has helped a bit, too. And they're too. not, yeah, they're not like, oh, it's a girl playing Fortnite, she can't possibly be good. They're just like, holy shit, I lost, and they don't know if it's a girl or a boy, but we just know that everybody fucking plays Fortnite. Well, and the thing with esports, we still don't see that many female, uh, you know, esports players, and that's upsetting. Um, but... It's hard to watch, especially the bigger tournaments, without seeing a woman there at least being an announcer, at least right. talking about the games, some kind of there's a lot personality. Of, so it looks more yeah. normal there's that a, a woman lot of would women, be involved. There's a lot of women that are becoming involved in the world. A yeah. lot of women are involved in just the gaming culture has become normalized. Yeah, and you know what? It makes a lot of difference when you see some guy that's an, an announcer that clearly has never even played the game that he is announcing. Yeah. And then you get a woman that's on there who you can tell, yeah, maybe she's not a competitor, but she loves the character, she knows the world, they know what's going on. Right. And, like, cosplay. Like, you see... Oh, yeah, cosplay. Everybody dressed up as D.Va, who in Overwatch is a, you know, world-renowned, top-level esports player... Also superhero. And I've, you know what, I've seen some impressive mecha costumes too. Oh, for sure. Like, there's so many. It's funny, I would argue that there's twice as many talented female cosplayers as male. Oh, yeah, hands down. Just, just because it's something that's like, oh, I can take the part of this that I love and do something with it that I also love. Yeah. It, it's a really good way for them to take the part of the game they like the most and actually go with it. Whereas, like, I might not love playing this game, but I might love everything about it other than playing it. And it gives them an outlet. I really wish I had taken more pictures at MAGFest. One of my favorite cosplays 
was a girl that did uh, Liliana. It was it's, it was a couple. She did Liliana, and the other guy did Jace from Magic the Gathering. Yeah, and that was a. I mean, first of all, I don't usually run into that many female Magic players in the first place. Right. But not only were they into it, they were into it so much they had one of the most spot on. Like they could have done a fan film for Magic and used both of them as actors. It was so good. Oh, for sure. I mean, and it's you'd love seeing that level of dedication. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is you don't see that level of craftsmanship and work go into something that people aren't super into and love. Yeah, like you can see their passion in their work, and like that's something that you normally hear about with cooking or cars or something you know no, like not normal but something mainstream i think that changed a lot with star wars oh for especially sure especially with the 501st i it, mean you still yeah. to this day i mean star wars cosplay is amazing there's something about the stormtrooper costume that appeals to everybody which is a little weird but well i mean you still especially now that you've got ray yeah it's not uncommon to see females dressing up and as I jedi mean, and they're you know, just culture in general has shifted to where you. There was a huge wave of women that got into archery as a result of um, the Hunger Games. Or yeah, whatever. Hunger yeah. Games, and then Brave. There's yeah. a ton of little girls out there that now want to go and get a bow, and they don't want the pink bow. They want the bow that they, they want the actual they want the bow. recurve bow. You know, they want the long bow. Um, it's something that you just. It, it's cool to see. People getting into something that they never knew that they were interested in because of a movie or a game. So speaking of that, and this is why I brought up uh, Animal Crossing, uh, trying to help people get more into real world as well. Honestly, one of the things that wanted to make me learn how to fish a little bit more was Animal Crossing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's relaxing. I just liked fishing in that game and it was relaxing and it was like, you know what? It's rewarding. And it was the same with, like, yeah. farming. You can, you know, put trees and plants. It's like, you know what? Yep. I All I'm doing in this you, game you is You've had the real-life Animal Crossing experiences. Yeah, week. I'm like, you know, in this game, I'm, what I love doing, I'm spending all my time, I'm building a house, I'm putting some stuff we, in it. We I'm, unfortunately can't sell our turnips. I, yeah, unfortunately. We didn't plant any turnips. But, you know, it's nice to be able to do that in the game and be like, I wonder what that's like in real life. A lot more difficult, as it turns out. But just as rewarding. True. I, I would say good. even more. You get to eat it. Yeah, you know. Potentially. I don't really grow anything to eat it. I just want yeah. to see it grow. Like, you know, I got a I got a spearmint plant in my room just because I was like, I want a plant now. I don't well, know. And you picked one that smells good at least and keeps bugs away. Yeah. So. I need to get a new one now, but. <laughs> it didn't survive the beginning of summer too well. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, I mean, it's it's definitely cool to see video game culture impact real real life and people's normal lives that normally wouldn't have been impacted by a hobby. It also makes the criticism against video games. I mean, we remember, even in the early 2000s, how bad... Oh, yeah. I mean, the Mortal every... Kombat lawsuits and... And, and Grand Theft Auto and yeah. the, uh, you know... The countless studies are video games bad and making society still more hear. violent. I mean, but they they get so much less credibility now because yeah. you've got so many generations of people playing it. It's like when you spend, you know, if you go back maybe a hundred years at this point, and you're talking to people about weed, for instance, and everybody believes it's this horrible thing that'll make you crazy, and stupid, and all that, and now you've got so many generations of people that are just like, yeah, dude, it's just weed. 
or it's I, I don't and know, it, and it's gone full circle and come back to it's beneficial to your health in, in many cases. Yeah, and it's this incredible plant that you can make clothes out of, and and the culture really got away from like yeah. Beavis and Butthead or like you know just Cypress Hill weird stoners in the back to just like Cheech and Chong. Yeah, yeah, it got more colorful and friendly, and like let's you know I don't know. That, that whole community got less toxic as well. <laughs> well, and I feel like that's been, a, you know, it's been one of the, the growth and learning curves of internet. Yeah. People weren't connected like they are now. We weren't talking with, I wasn't getting direct conversation with people from all over the world every day of my life like I do now. Whereas, like, it's... It's a level of communication we did not have. And now all of a sudden, all of these people are connected. And at the same time, everything you do is a lot more in the spotlight. You know, things like the lady sending a tweet on her way to Africa, you know, making a gross joke, you know, a a racially charged joke to end up on the other end of her flight, not having a job because everybody was like, wow, you are gross. (laughs) Whether or not she meant it the way she did, it just points out that you have to be a little more conscious of what you say and do because it's not, it's not as easy to be a fake person. Well, I think the internet's also expanded our ability to learn a lot of things. And I don't just mean so much. I don't just mean like Facebook, YouTube, Wikipedia, (laughs) anything like that. I also mean like, you know, my mom thinks my world is fairly closed off because I don't really go anywhere. To be fair, my family hasn't really gone anywhere in my lifetime. We don't we don't go that far. We don't see much of the world. We barely see much of our part of the U.S. Most families get one vacation somewhere a year. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I want to know more about the world, but let's be honest, I can't afford to go very and far. And most people can't. And, right. And now it but, might not even be safe. But now I know more about Sweden than my mom does. Why? Because I play Overwatch and I end up making friends with somebody from Sweden of all day. And places. you communicate with somebody from Russia all the time. I, yeah, I talk to someone from Russia all the time. You know, so. like a pen pal was a big thing back, you know, 30, 40 years Actually, ago. Actually, that's how I became friends with her because they still right. have uh, electronic pen pals, which exactly. is so much and easier, like, especially when two governments are arguing with each other. It's like, yeah, okay, but we like, have Instagram. I can <laughs> I can jump on, I can jump online and teach kids in China in rural areas about how to speak English, and that's something that we couldn't do ten years ago. We couldn't do that probably five years ago, like we do now. Yeah, and I get to learn about culture, and I get to have a relationship where I'm, I'm teaching these kids, and I'm hearing about their day, and you get attached to people. That you never have even met in person. Would you, without it, you would have never even known existed. Yeah. You would never know their name. And it's it's just this thing that has connected people in a way that we're not used to. And there's a, there's a learning curve there. Sure. And you see these waves of allegations on Twitter of sexual harassment that you might have heard rumblings of if it really got to the national level. But those people those poor people that were affected they would have never had a true outlet and never got any support because maybe the people around them are shitty and they never had an opportunity to say anything because nobody around them was going to support them if they said oh fuck this person 
Well, I think there's also just, um, I, th- I think there's some levels of where things were just expected before. Yeah. So, like, you know, if the you normal were... normal has changed. If you were in conventions before, and it's like, oh, well, someone sexually harassed me, it's like, yeah, you're at a convention, that's gonna happen. As to where now, you can not only see that person complain about it online, you can see just how many people are complaining about it online, and can go, well, this isn't just something I've heard about, or that, like, you know happens. Now you can see how much it's happening, how yeah. big of a problem it is. Right. And so that's much easier to go like, oh, this is something that happens to some people, to like, this might be something that's a much bigger problem, and, and now like, we can shine a spotlight yeah, on it. Yeah, I mean, stuff like Brett Weinstein, or Weinstein, I think it's Weinstein. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he got away with that for so long because, you know, Joe Rogan was like, you know, I heard that, but I, I never... I never really heard anything reliable. I just heard hearsay. Yeah. And then now you get, oh, we've got 25 people that say this happened to them and their stories all line up. Now we've got something that really shows a history or something that shows a pattern. And you can see how confused the older generation is about that as well because they're very much like, uh, well... Why did it suddenly go from nobody to, like, 25 people? It's like, well, because they all thought they were the only one. Right. They and realized... now they can be all like, oh, shit, no, that that didn't just happen once. That's happened to all these people. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's kind of the case of, like, the serial killer. Like, they might be able to get away with one murder, but then when you start establishing a pattern, and the police are able to piece together, oh... This is the same as that previous one. Okay, well, I see a pattern. And they're able to start to predict what might happen and look for certain things in certain people. And things start to click. And the puzzle starts to become more clear. And, oh, we've got a, we've got a frame now. And we know what to look for. Well, and Suddenly, I, I... it's much easier to, to make it come together and make it believable and make it make sense. I think... Our generation being more, I don't want to say socialist, but socially minded has helped a lot. Like, I can tell you from MAGFest this past year, there was a big push of like, hey, we need to be the safe community. We need to make sure that this is a safe convention, and that takes everybody. You know, you see someone that's doing something shady, and, you know, Sony's like, Check in on them. If you can't Jump help in. them, get somebody. Get somebody. To help them. And that's not just happened there. I mean, we've seen it with the protests lately that have been going on. Like within the first couple of weeks, you saw some violence, and then very quickly, if you were watching, you started yeah. seeing the crowd policing themselves. Like, look, we're going to remove that. Like, no, we're not letting you break this window. We're not letting you get rid of this thing. Like, and that's you know not happened across the board. We still have incidents of things happening. But you're seeing more people right. not just letting someone else take care of it, but the community starting to take care of the community. Right. And that's, I think, a great well, direction for you us You always to hear about the Good Samaritan. Yeah. 25, 30, 100 people pass by somebody that fell down on the street and obviously is hurt. Walk right by because I can't be bothered. Somebody else will help them. That mentality. Right. You know, I'm sure somebody else will help them and nobody ends up helping them. Now you'll now, now, now there would be like five people helping yeah, you all at once. Now it's like, okay, we need you to slow down. There's too many people here. Yeah. It, it's really, you know, it, it's heartwarming to see that. 
And also, it just feels like the right direction. Absolutely. Like, that's how we grow as a society, is by, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're human. Like, people are growing, our culture is growing, and people can only become less shitty by learning not to do certain things. Yeah. You know, it, it's a weird comparison, but for years and years, everybody said, cook pork to this temperature. Because we know it's safe. And now we know, oh, you can actually cook it lower than that because the science has improved and we just know more now. We had to kind of make that mistake and err on the side of caution for so long. And now we're like, oh, okay, I see what we need to do here. We can fine tune this. We can make this adjustment and keep people safe. And make everything more enjoyable for everybody. The food tastes better suddenly. One of the things I've noticed that really seemed like a turning point in where we are today, um, once again, was at MAGFest. There was an area, and it was right near a door. Um, People were making donations. I don't know what the hell it was to. As far as I could tell, it was a shrine to Danny DeVito. That's real weird. It was real weird. But they put this thing out, and people were just, they were putting down money, they were putting down snacks. They were putting down whatever. It was just all these donations for something. And it was right next to a, a door. Anybody could have taken the crap and run out. And it stayed there the entire convention. Right. Nobody st- There was no one watching it. Right. But there was nobody stealing shit. You could see the pile of stuff growing. And it was just like... Like, even in the seller's hall, there would be people... Like, it would open... We'll say it opens at 10 a.m., and there were people that were like, yeah, I'm going to drink until 4 a.m., so I'm not coming in until noon. Right. Their stuff is just there. Anybody could walk by and take stuff off their table, and it's just not a problem. Yeah. So it's nice to see that. Yeah, and I think people have generally become a little more respectful of other people's stuff because everybody knows how fucking hard it is to get things now. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I don't want to... That would feel bad for me. I don't want to make them feel bad. And, of course, there's those people out there that are going to grab shit and steal and be shitty. But the number of those people has gone down. And the visibility of those people has gone up. Yeah. You know, like, always being watched sucks. But it also generally, you know, makes people more conscious of what they do. You know, for a long time it was... You know, you would always hear your parents say, oh, God's watching. Well, now society's watching. And I like that more because I never liked the idea of, like, the Big Brother thing. Like, I don't want government having security cameras all over the place. I don't want people watching me. That always makes me... If I go into a place that has too many security cameras, I feel very unnerved. But it's very normal to ask your neighbor to watch your house while you're on vacation. Sure. If, if there's the idea that I'm walking around and there's people just recording shit all the time... Yeah. And I'm going to get caught doing something I'm not supposed you to do. You get in a street fight, somebody's going to record it. Right. That makes... that I don't feel bad about that. I don't yeah. feel bad about the community watching the community. It's, it's just a, a higher level of personal accountability. Absolutely. Which is not a bad thing. Like, I don't want one person doing that. Right. Or one group it doing needs, that. It needs to be an overall group effort But I, I like people being generally more conscious of their actions. Yeah. And being responsible. Yeah. You know, you if you do something, you should be responsible for it, you know? My mom always said, you know, like, 
if, if you're going to break the rules, make sure the reward is worth the risk. You know, like, basic in reference to school. Because I went to a really, like, rule-laden religious school. If you're going to sneak out, don't get caught. And if you're going to sneak out, make sure it's worth getting caught over. I guess I had something similar. I guess I didn't think about it in that way. But for me, I have always taken, like, a moral high ground in places I maybe shouldn't have even done it. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? I'd rather just deal with the consequences and be right. Yeah. You know? Right. Or, you know, and the sort of thing where it's like, you know, if you if you screw up, you know, you do something wrong, tell somebody, don't lie about it. Yeah. You know, something as simple as have a clear conscience. That goes a long way. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I have... True. I have my teenage years where I can I can admit that I was uh, a total piece of shit. But, I think uh, most but teenagers you gotta, are pieces of you, shit. Yeah, I agree. And you have to like, have... like, And, that's have, and the, again, that goes back to, you gotta learn. That's one of those things where, like, I never even got punished for half of the shitty things that I did. But I've always been very socially minded, so as I've become older, it's been like, maybe we should not let that happen we're, because you know, not, there's reasons that you don't really recognize or care about as a teenager. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like society is growing out of being a teenager. <laughs> it feels like we're at least trying to. Yeah. Society <laughs> is a teenager. But alright, so I, I think that, that pretty much covers it because we've kind of moved past MMOs, but you know, stayed on the fringes. Um, we're gonna have some more episodes this this coming couple of weeks. Um, we're going to record a few more episodes while you're here visiting. Yep. Because it's always better to do these in person. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully so, I can make it out here, you know, within the next year or so. And so I, I and really... And we, we want to come visit you guys, too. Um, I, hate the, I hate the idea of we only see each other once every several years. Yeah. Which, there's reasons. But yeah, money, generally. Money and, and time. And time. Yeah. But still. Yeah. And, and hopefully with the way that, you know, society is going... Potentially, things could change, and it becomes a little easier to carve out time to go do something. Or, you know, we become successful at doing podcasts and streaming, and uh, are able and to just have a studio somewhere. It just move move somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, support Bo- Box Press Radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a new website that we're working on. Um, that you know, that's kind of also part of you coming out is to kind of try some things out and um, you know learn some things and like. This episode, like, I think you should probably edit this episode yeah. and get some experience. So if it's like, oh, man, I'm too busy this week, can you take care of it? It's just like, yeah, no problem. And I love editing because I'm, yeah. I'm big into that. So um, so here's the thing. I don't I don't believe we're taking money at the moment or anywhere in particular. No, I mean, like, I, I think we had a Patreon at some point, And if, if somebody wants to, you know, if somebody feels the need to donate, like, I guess send us an email. Um, or get us on Twitter at Box Press Radio. But right now, things are hard for everybody, and we understand. Yeah, we've there's been doing... a lot of really, really worthy causes more important than ourselves. But how long has this podcast been going on now? Uh, since September 13th, Friday the 13th of 2013. Yeah. So we're we're getting real close to our seven-year anniversary. So here's the thing. We've been doing this for a long time, and we're going to keep doing this for a long time. And now that we have some more free time, we're going to expand... We're expanding the websites, the reviews. And now with streaming. Streaming. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing YouTube videos. I'm going to try to do some reviews and some Let's Plays. So here's the thing. If you like us, uh, you know, even though we are not really taking much in the way of money right now, 
the downloads, just, the follows. Just share it with people that you know. Please and please communicate with us anywhere on social media. The more support we get, uh, the more that we're going to try to grow. Yeah, like I would like to do some community events, some like community game nights, and just that sort of thing where people can be involved. Um, because it's cool to like be in a Twitch stream and chat. Right. But it it's something you see all the time when you stream, like people. Like, I'd say at least 60% of people coming in are like, oh, can I play with you? Yeah. And, like, I'm terrible at that because I'm, I'm, I never want to play with people. See, I'm not. That's, but uh, but you're not t- that way. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash uh, Stumpkin Jack. Yeah, if you want to play. I'll and it's on the website. If you go to boxpressradio.com, <laughs> there's a link to our, our Twitch uh, streams there. Um, so if you can't remember that, you at least have this podcast to reference. And feel free. I mean, look, if you disagree with anything that we said... I personally want to hear from you more. Yeah. Like, it's fun that we're just talking to each other and we've got our opinions, but... Uh, echo you know, chambers suck. Yeah, echo chambers suck. We want to hear other opinions. Like, if you're one of those people that are like, New World looks like the best thing I've ever seen, please let Send us know us why. looks great. Yeah, yeah tell I us, want to see it. Tell us what you're excited about. We'd love to know. We, we love new games, and it's like... It, we were just talking about this. It's always exciting when a new game comes out, like... Yeah, there were a lot of shitty MMOs that came out after World of Warcraft got big. But it was still always exciting to check it out. Yeah. To see something new and experience it with a big new group of people. Um, And, like, I've made friends online in games that I don't play anymore, that they don't play anymore, and in some cases don't exist. I mean, Firefall is a great example. Yeah. Um, I've got probably five friends online that I talk with pretty frequently, like at least weekly, uh, from that community. And that game's been gone for how long now? Over Like, two years, probably. Yeah. Um, which is depressing. But, uh, I don't know, maybe Ember will bring it back. We'll see. Maybe. So, alright, well, you guys have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll be back with a bunch more content. I'm not even sure what, but there's going to be a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. So, yeah, have a great night, guys.